Okay, so we turn the page uh, to Luke chapter 9. Finally, finally got another chapter under our belt. And, and I, I, I like just taking the slow walk with Jesus and finding out what he wants to say to us uh, through, through the scriptures. And we, uh, I'll, I'll set the scene for you real quick. Up to the, this is like a year and a half into Jesus' three-year ministry. And up to this point, Jesus has done all the ministry, 100% of it. Everybody's just watched Jesus. Uh, the disciples got to hang out and go, wow, that's cool what Jesus did. He just, he just healed that person. He just, he's doing this thing. And then comes the moment where Jesus says, it's time for you guys to practice what, I'm a, what I've been teaching you and what you've actually been seeing. And so he calls the, and he calls the disciples together, and it's, it's, it's just interesting. I'm just going to read it to you, and um, we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, Now he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and the power to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics, no change of clothes. And whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And as for all who do not receive you, when, they, when you leave that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And as they were leaving, they began going throughout the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. That's pretty exciting. It was, I'm sure it was exciting for them. But, and then uh, I'll, I'll read this other part because I, I, it, it strangely goes with it. Now, Herod, the Tetrarch, this is the guy that was over this area, heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, I myself had John beheaded. <laughs> but, he, but who is this man who, about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him. The reason I, I included this little episode in, in there is because we see the clash of kingdoms. And going back to our, our sacred reading, our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Jesus was telling them, you are going to begin to proclaim that God Almighty has taken an interest in now establishing himself where the devil had been reigning. 
that's pretty power. I don't know. You're, you guys are all looking at me like, what? This is exactly what we're involved in as Christians. We're, you know, I think for most of our Christianity, it's very, it's very individualistic again. It's like, okay, I, I, Jesus revealed himself to me. I'm starting to follow Jesus. I want, I want to be a better person. I want to become more like Jesus. But we don't realize that what happens when we're part of being more like Jesus is we start extending the kingdom of God and beating back the darkness in this earth. How many can see that there's some darkness going on in our world? Anybody? Anybody? Wow. You don't even need discernment anymore. You know, before you're like, I think it's the devil. You know, now you just go, it looks like that guy's got, he's having his way in the earth. And what's really happening, I believe, since I don't know all things, is this is Satan's last gasp. He is throwing everything he's got because he has run out of ammo because the kingdom of God is about to be ushered in, in his fullness, in his fullness. I believe that. How do I, why do I believe that? Is because Jesus, when he, when he told his disciples, we're going to practice bringing my kingdom in, and this is what I'm going to do. I am going to take my authority and my power and place it on you together so that wherever you go, you can defeat the works of darkness. That's why I read that Ephesians 6. I, I wanted us to see that this struggle, we're like, oh, I'm afraid of the darkness. No, 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 no. We have the power and the authority. And the authority of Christ that he gives us is the ability to proclaim that the king is right behind us. He is coming. Get ready. And, and it, it's, it's a beautiful thing because that, that, that the word there is that they are, they are ambassadors heralding. You know, before a king would come to a town, they would send runners ahead and they'd say, the king is coming. Get your, sweep your streets. Get stuff level so that when he comes, he doesn't see you just lollygagging around because things are happening. Okay. And I, you know, there's, there's two experiences that we have in this life, I think. And one is that we feel powerless. We look at this and we're going, gosh, I don't see a whole lot of healing and proclamation. I don't see the devil getting beat up very often. And, that, and we look at that with, with our natural eyes and do not realize what is happening in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is something you can't see but you can perceive it as a Christian. And, uh, you know, it, it, this is, it, it's been a fun test for me going through the pandemic period uh, because things have been squeezed in such a way that in the natural you'd say, man, it looks like the enemy's kind of making progress here. But at the very same time, the Lord just keeps telling me over and over and over, you have not seen anything yet. Stop looking with your eyes. <laughs> Stop looking with your eyes. Start 
praying with the authority and the power that is within you. So if we pray, bless you, bless you. So if we pray and we don't see, does that mean anything inside, outside of God? It doesn't. It doesn't. And so our discouragement that would come, because again, the scheme of the enemy is to always discourage us and say, see, God's not moving. See, God's not coming. See, God is, you know, he's not answering those prayers. Why are you praying anyway? You have prayed a thousand prayers and 999 of them are still waiting to be answered. <laughs> and then sometimes we pray and it's like, you know, I pray for, you know, sick people. I pray for sick people all the time. And sometimes they get worse. Does that mean anything? No, it doesn't. Sometimes they die. Well, it's happened to me too. Not me personally, but I've prayed for people. (laughs) I pray for them. But see, that is what Jesus is sending these guys to. He is sending them to the experience of being fully before the world with a message that may or may not be received because of what people see. Because he says that curious thing. He says, if they don't receive you, then as you're heading out of town, shake that dust. But it's not an evil thing. It's just let them see that they didn't see. I just think that there's something, I don't know. He says it's, it's their testimony. Here's your testimony. Do you, want to, do you want to have a testimony that says, I didn't see, but I believe that God is moving? Or a testimony that says, I don't, yeah, I see it, but I don't, I don't buy it. All right. Let me, let me, get, let me get into my notes. I, I, I had no idea I was going to say that, but I'm, I am so passionate about believing that the kingdom of God is coming in fullness and in power in my lifetime, in my generation, in this generation that follows us. Because if it doesn't, then the gospel's not true. And I know it's true. Because I have... I've, anyway, I'm excited. So, he takes these guys and he sends them into the... Uh, uh, I put down here the kingdom clashing. Because Jesus was ushering in an invisible kingdom that was going to overtake the other kingdom. Now, Herod was worried about this because he's low. He's like, hey, somebody's getting more pressed than I am. And that really bothered him because in the world, one of the things that's happening even now is that every, Everything that is coming at the world right now is arrayed truly against the kingdom of God. The, this whole concept of gender weirdness and abortion and uh, all, all these things, what, what happens is if this truth stands up against it, then the truth becomes evil. Right? Because, because we're, we're, we're supposed to be okay with everything. And 
again, I'm not even saying anything about those things, but they're indications of the way that the enemy is wanting to try to diffuse what is coming. Because truth is truth. It stands on its own. You know, that, that's just the way it is, right? Anyway, so these guys, but they went out with this message. Here's, here was the message. Jesus is king. He's coming to save people, to forgive them of their sins. Everybody here has said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're my savior. And that's the greatest message of all is because all people have been separated from God because of their sins, and Jesus wanted to save them. Not by works. He wants to forgive us. And if you're ready to hear that you're broken, then he will heal you. But he did, he, he did two things. It wasn't just a message. It was also came with compassion. Because the gospel always comes with compassion. It does. Not with agreement with the world, but with compassion. And, and so Jesus, he sent them as healers, as physical healers. Now, that's pretty amazing. Because I know that the enemy's plan is always steal, kill, and destroy. Right, Maria? Steal. Steal. Maria got robbed <laughs> electronically this week. Uh, uh, yeah. Because that's the devil's plan. But Jesus' plan is to give, <laughs> to heal, and to restore. Right? That's what they, that was the message that, that they came with. So he calls them together and he says, I want you to go with a message that Jesus is coming, that the kingdom is being established and you can rest now. And also I want you to pray for people that they would see the hand of God through your healing. All right. So that was a a clashing kingdom because the enemy wants nothing to do with that. He wants everyone to be broken and destroyed. He wanted and broke, broken, and destroyed. All right, let me move on. But the way that Jesus does this with the disciples is something that we that they had to learn, and I think that we all uh, have a chance to learn too. And that was he stripped them down and he said, "I want you to learn absolute dependence." Um. He says, take nothing. Take nothing with you on this journey. Can you imagine? Uh, you're going off to your mission trip. And he goes, I want you to take nothing. No change of clothes, no visa, no, you know, no passport, <laughs> no, no, no medicine, no nothing. I don't want you to take anything with you. Because I want to show you that I am able to make a way for you wherever I've called you to go. Maria, just look, looking at you, I, I've, I've been blessed by Maria a thousand times in this lifetime uh, because you, you are a person, and you even said it today, uh, be, after being uh, robbed digitally, it's like, well, if I don't get the money back, you know, it's God's money anyway. He'll take care of me, <laughs> which I know is true because you've been saying that for years, and I've watched God provide for you in a thousand different ways, and because you've learned this total dependence on God. 
Some of us, we have two tunics, just in case. My, my first one gets a little bit, if I dribble something on it at lunch, I might need a second tunic. I uh, might need to take a little bag. And Jesus said, no, this time I want you to go out and I want you to see that I will provide for you no matter what. And, and now, you know what, L- later on, he sent him out again. See, this was just, this is internship. He's like, this is discipleship. He says, this time I want you to go out with nothing and see that I will provide everything. Another time he, he tells him, okay, go ahead, take some extra stuff with you and see how that goes. And because um, it, it's not a matter of having or not having. It's a matter of seeing. And his first lesson was, I want you to see the hand of God in every situation that you're going to encounter. And that we can learn from. Because some of us are pressed right now, right? We got stuff, we're pressed. We're like, oh, Lord, how are you going to provide? Lord, how are you going to take care of this? How are you going to open this door? These guys were going like, okay, just go to that town. Just go tell them about Jesus. And they were probably going, oh, I don't know. What if they don't open up my... Okay. And we know in Matthew that they all came back and said, you know what? God showed up. But you don't see God showing up until you have nothing. (laughs) When you have nothing, all of a sudden, it's like, I cannot believe I got through that season with nothing. And all of us here have seen God do those things in our life already. But when we go to the next village, the next circumstance, the next situation, it's easy to go, I wish I had brought my bag. An extra pair of clothes. So Jesus, as he's sending us, he has different ways of getting a hold of us to just trust him. And I want to just stop for a minute because I, I always try to see myself in, in the reading and to stop and pray at certain points as I do. And I want, I want to pray for us before we just go on to this last point and ask if you have a place where you're needing to trust God right now and you feel like, I got nothing. Even if I had what I brought, it wouldn't be enough. That we would pray that as God resolves that, because he will, he'll resolve it, that we would have eyes to see that it was his hand. So, Lord, with that, we just pause for a moment. All of us have situations in our life where we're like, I don't know, God, I I seem to have nothing here. And, Lord, as you answer these prayers, I know they're in the future, that we would be able to look back and say, ah, I, I committed that to you. I followed you regardless, and you took care of it for me. And we thank you ahead of time, and we look forward to the testimony that you have done it. Okay, last but not least, what do we have here? The unstoppable nature of the gospel.
I wanted to end with this because we read about Herod. He's looking at this situation and he's saying, I'm starting to hear this gospel is going forth. Something is happening in my town. And he said, and and people are going, oh yeah, that's just John the Baptist rising from the dead. (laughs) I'm sure he was going, well, that is not a comforting thought. (laughs) How do we know? (laughs) Because he said, I cut his head off. That's what it says. He says, "Um, I cut his head off. I myself had him beheaded. This would not be good news. And I wanted to encourage us, and I, I think I've already made, made this statement, but no matter what we see in the world, whatever we consider it falling apart, the kingdom of God is coming in glory and in power. We know that in every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We know this. Why do we know this? It's because God has revealed that to us, right? And when Herod heard about this revival, uh, he really wanted it to stop. And right now, the, 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 the news, the media, do you hear anything about the kingdom of God moving forward? Huh? When you open your paper and it's like, man, fire's breaking. I mean, not fire. You know, we see about fires, you know, fires in, in Canada. Yep. But they don't say fires of God in India, fires of God in Canada, fires of God in America. You don't see that because they have control over that messaging. But I want to encourage us. Uh, I, I read an article, and this, it, was, it was a total clickbait Christian article. Um, what was the title of it? It was uh, something, uh, What to Do with What's Coming. Isn't that an ominous kind of thought? Or like, oh, yeah, what? I clicked on it. Man. Because it's all coming apart. And the first line was, you'll be much better prepared if you know what is coming. And this is what it said. The kingdom of God is coming. Jesus is already on the throne being worshipped by a multitude. This is where you're going. And this is what is coming. And I thought, oh man... That is way better than what I was planning for in this article. And it was a serious word of encouragement. And when I read that, I, I, I thought that that would go well with this last point. Because what Herod was experiencing is what the world is experiencing, is the unstoppable nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are part of that. And I know for us, when we think about, wow, I'm being sent out into the world, you really are already in the world. You are already the light of the world. 
You already have the Holy Spirit in you. He is in you, and His presence is around us. And I, I, to, to us, we think, well, maybe I have to go do something. And the reality is, you don't have to do anything right now except worship God, pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and then we pray, Lord, send us out into this harvest field. Do you believe there's people that are now, right now, wanting Jesus in our community? I think there's many, 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 many people. And as we pray and say, Lord, uh, give me opportunity to share this good news. He will give us opportunities to share the good news. A lot of times we're under uh, a lot of pressure to like witness. You guys don't need to be under any pressure to witness. Did Jesus change anybody's life in the room? Did Jesus change your life? He totally changed my life. You know what? Somebody might want to hear your story. It's like, well, why would you believe in Jesus? (laughs) Tell them. And then invite them. Right? Most of us are not good apologists. We don't have good arguments for the gospel. You don't need a good argument. You just need... It's like, oh, I know. I was a beggar. (laughs) And I found some bread. And the person that handed it to me was Jesus. And he's been feeding me bread ever since. And if you're hungry, you just come and I'll pray with you and I'll walk with you and he'll, he'll do his business with you. Okay. Here's what's coming. Sin will be eliminated from the earth. The shalom and peace of God will reign over all the earth. Jesus will literally set up his kingdom of peace on this earth. We will sing his song around the throne with the multitude of those who have gone before us and said, Jesus, this new song. We will know his love, his care, his approval even more now than ever. And the joy of the Holy Spirit will be our strength in everything. So that's what Jesus sent those guys out to do. (laughs) I don't think they had any idea, but they got to see even more than we're seeing right now. So with that, I want to just encourage you, if you're discouraged at what you see in the world, don't be. Open your eyes in prayer and say, Lord, what is it that you see? And he sees himself being glorified through his people. So, let's pray. Let us thank you, Lord. All of these disciples had no idea what you were sending them to, just as we don't have any idea what you're sending us to. But we don't need to know, because we know the one we need to know. And Lord, in in our life, all these blessings we've received, 
We pray we can turn them back into the stories that people need to hear of your goodness, your faithfulness, your peace in the midst of our storms. (coughs) We thank you that the harvest is ripe. And just as these were sent to every town, there are people in our circle that just need to hear, I'll pray for you because Jesus is with you. Lord, may we go with this great proclamation and with this great compassion that when we see people that don't know you yet, our hearts would break and we'd remember that you're able to heal them. So Lord, we just want to worship you because we know the end of this is everyone coming and saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our Lord. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yay, God. Yay, God. Okay. Oh, I get to say goodbye to you guys online. (laughs) Have a great day. Uh, We'll see you next time we're together. God bless you. Have a a wonderful day. Bye-bye.